Hello, and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm your host. I'm what you would call a practicing professor. I have years of experience consulting in the analytics industry, and I have years of experience teaching analytics in the classroom at Greensboro College. This podcast is an ecosystem that I developed for my students so that they could get world-class career advice from leading analytics experts. To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space. On average, our students are gaining about a $16,000 pay increase going through the program. On the high end, we've actually helped someone achieve a $54,000 pay increase. This means that on average, our students are recouping their investment between one to two months of landing their job. So if you're ready to take your career to the next level, click the links in the description and apply for our program. I would love to get to work with you. With all that being said, I hope you enjoy this podcast episode. Hello and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. In this podcast, we talk to experts in and around the analytics industry. One week, we may talk to a data scientist from a FANG tech company. Then the next week, we may talk to a data engineer or business analyst, or even I may pull one of my consulting clients so you get to hear from an executive on how they use data to drive business decisions day in and day out. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm the founder of Silvertone Analytics, which is a boutique consulting agency that focuses on analytics for medium to small-sized businesses. I'm also a professor at Greensboro College, where I teach analytics. Most recently, I have founded the Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program, which melds these two job functions together. This is your opportunity to work directly with me and one of my clients. The Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program is a three-month program. In the first month, you're going to be completing the Analytics Foundation Certification backed by Greensboro College. Then in month two, you're going to be taking that knowledge base that you developed in month one and applying it out in the field where you're going to be working with one of my client's executive teams, where you're going to be solving a business problem using data and analytics tools. Then in the third month, we're going to bring it all together with a full month of career services. Now, this is going to be quite a bit different than the typical career services at a university or a college. Here, I'm going to help you build a professional brand around where you are as an analyst. So in the first month, you have worked with a ton of different data sets. We're going to take the data sets that really resonate with you to help you hone in on your ideal entry-level job. We're going to build a Tableau public portfolio around that area of expertise. We're going to razor focus your resume and LinkedIn. And I'm also going to coach you on how to talk about yourself in an interview setting. So if you're ready to break into the analytics space, 
head over to learn.silvertoneanalytics/apprenticeship. And there you can learn more about the program, and if you're interested, you can apply. With all that being said, let's start the podcast episode. Hello, and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast, where we will help you discover where you fit into the analytics marketplace, what skills you should build, and how to land your analytics dream job. I'm John David, analytics agency owner and educator. And I'm Elizabeth Illig, a private career coach and higher education professional. In this podcast, we will not only help you land your next analytics job, but we will give you the tools and strategies to level up your career. Everybody, I am Elizabeth Illig, and we are back with How to Get an Analytics Job. I'm one of your co-hosts for the How to Get an Analytics Job channel and podcast. I wanted to give you guys a brief overview of today's podcast and let you know that it was recorded before we knew so much about the coronavirus pandemic. This podcast was recorded in advance, and I do think it still has relevant content for when we all get through this coronavirus pandemic, so we wanted to go ahead and release it so that you had this information available to you. That is the big caveat with today's episode. I hope that you enjoy the content and thank you so much for tuning in to How to Get an Analytics Job. Hi everyone, I am Elizabeth Illig. We are here today with Bridget Holcomb, who's going to talk with us about cover letter tips and tricks. So as you all remember, this month's theme is branding. So we are continuing on and talking about cover letter tips and tricks after talking about resumes and LinkedIn profiles and selling yourself. So Bridget, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So Bridget, I would love to start with you introducing yourself, telling us a little bit more about you and what you do. Okay. Uh, My background is in college career centers. I've worked in two different university career centers and served as the director in one of them for four years. So my primary focus has been college students and young adults. In addition, I have a private practice, and I focus in that work a lot on young professionals who are transitioning between jobs, say, two to three years out of college. Yes. So Bridget is the other half of my private practice. So she is my business partner. And we are really excited to have her on because She is an excellent writer and communicator. This is going to be such an easy and wonderful topic for her to cover, and you guys are lucky. So, Bridget, let's start with what are cover letters and why do employers ask them? I think there's a lot of confusion with applicants about what they actually are. There is a lot of confusion, and to be honest, most people hate writing cover letters and will do whatever they can to avoid them. I look at the cover letter as the link between what is on your resume and what the employer is looking for. It's your chance to extract the relevant information and experiences and skills from the resume in a storytelling manner to present to the employer. I think that a lot of times people think that employers are going to extract that information themselves or read between the lines, but we can't ask an employer to skim a resume in six to ten seconds and make all those connections. So the cover letter serves that purpose. It also is helpful in demonstrating written communication skills, which are very important in every 
field of business and industry. Absolutely. So the cover letter is a great opportunity for you to fill in the gaps and to convey to an employer that you are able to communicate in your written word. So that's certainly something that Bridget has helped students and applicants with um, and even has taught courses on how to communicate and business communication well. So when should applicants submit cover letters? Because some applications require them, it seems, and have a place to upload them, and some do not. There are several different applications for what I call a cover letter. And a cover letter can actually be in the form of an email. You would want to keep that shorter. But I, I always say any time you have the opportunity to include a cover letter, go ahead and include it. And you will hear from recruiters and employers, oh, we don't look at those, no one reads them anymore. But you can't take the chance that that particular employer could be swayed by your cover letter. So I believe that they should be submitted every time you apply, whether whether asked for or not. I would echo that because it is, again, that opportunity to market yourself, communicate your value to an employer. So why not take that? And you mentioned a little bit about these might look different depending on if it's an online application or if it was a referral from a friend. So if it's a referral from someone, that's when you might send an email, right? Right, exactly. And then I also get the question a lot, what do I do if there isn't a place in the application portal to upload a cover letter? And of course, it's important to read the application directions and make sure you know how your documents, in what format they should be submitted, PDF, Word, whatever. But I always recommend putting your cover letter with your resume and just uploading one file that contains both. Right, especially if there isn't a specific place for you to upload a cover letter. Right. And I will be honest with y'all, I really value written communication. So I am one of those people and have been as a hiring and being in a hiring position that reads the cover letter and have eliminated applicants because of it. And I'm the same way. I tend to skim a resume and if I see the basic educational and work background is there that I'm interested in, then and only then do I go to the cover letter. So cover letters originally were called covering messages or something like that, and it was almost like a tran- considered a transmittal mm-hmm. document, but that they've really evolved into so much more than that. Yes. And that are, on that note, we see a lot with applicants and students that they don't really know how to format these letters and what they should include. And so I'm wondering about format because really we see that even though we're sending a lot of this electronically, it is a business letter still. So how should students or applicants be formatting their cover letters? You can go into Microsoft Word or just do a simple Google search and get a standard business template, if you will, so that you know the style of a letter. But what I like to recommend is having your cover letter document match your resume. So use the same font, font size, margins. You can even use your resume header at the top of your cover letter and then have the rest of it in a traditional format. I think that visually it shows a couple of things. First of all, it's, it's nice to look at. If someone prints it out, 
You've got a matched set, if you will, which is very attractive. It also shows attention to detail and taking the time to do something well. And those are maybe subliminal messages that get through to the employer, but I think they're very powerful. I agree with that. And on that note of doing something well and going back to the idea that cover letters are important and you should submit them, I think if an application requires it and you don't submit a cover letter, you look sort of lazy look like maybe you are not reading all of the application requirements and don't care that much. And if it doesn't and you submit it, you look like somebody who is taking initiative. So there's no wrong answer to submitting. I think that people worry about whether or not they should do it, and the answer is you probably should. And most of the time they're just trying to get out of having to write one. Right, you're exactly right. Because they're hard. Yeah, they are hard. They're hard. They take time, and there's a lot of proofreading involved and a lot of taking out fluff and and editing down to something that's powerful but concise and comprehensive. And, and that's really hard. It's a difficult task, which is why a lot of students and applicants come to us and ask for our help. Exactly. <laughs> so what should applicants include in their cover letters? So my formula that I recommend is essentially this. There are three parts to a cover letter, hi, why, and by. So the opening paragraph is generally fairly brief and it states how you found out about the position. Well, first of all, the position you're applying for, who referred you. It's very important to give give a referral name early on in the letter to capture the reader's attention. And then maybe something that you know about the company or admire about the company, not but it should be something very genuine. Perhaps mm-hmm. you are familiar with the brand because you've used it, um, something like that. And then the middle paragraph or two, and sometimes, especially in the field of data analytics, we we sometimes see bullet points in these cover letters. That's an, an option to try to break up a dense paragraph, but that is the most critical part of the cover letter. That's the why part, and that is where you are narrating your value and creating a story in that middle section of the cover letter about why you are a great fit for this position. And this is the part where most people struggle Mm -hmm. because, first of all, they feel like they might be bragging. There's also a tendency to just regurgitate what's on the resume. And really what you want to do is, is create themes and and pull experiences together under the umbrella of themes that are relevant to the job description. And then the final paragraph is just signing off, thanking the person for their consideration, asking for the interview, and stating how you will follow up. Mm -hmm. And that's another place where we don't always do a great job. Of following it, it up or feel, saying well, that we're going feel, to. It can feel a little aggressive to a lot of people. You're right. To do that. I will follow up with you in two weeks. Maybe feels aggressive to some folks. And you're absolutely right about that middle paragraph. Students hate writing it. Applicants hate writing it mm-hmm. because it is where you are showing the proof that you have the experience and skills necessary to do the role. So back to the idea of themes, if you're going to tell me that you're detail-oriented, that's great, but I need the evidence or the proof. I need the right. short little anecdote, one sentence, two sentence, about a time that you showed that detail orientation. Exactly. We've talked about what we want to include, what we want to see, but you and I review these all the time, and we see some common mistakes. So what would you say are the biggest mistakes that you see on cover letters? 
So how much time do we have? (laughs) Um, The first fatal flaw would be typos, punctuations, grammatical errors. That that can just completely destroy the message and make the message irrelevant. So I always tell people, get as many sets of eyes on your letter as possible. And then I also recommend reading it out loud because that's where you will catch a lot of the things that your mind will kind of auto-correct if you're just skimming it and not Mm -hmm. saying reading it out loud. Another thing I see is where the applicant talks about what the applicant wants to talk about. Right. Like what what they're proud of. And the letter is about them and, and what they hope to gain by getting this position. And I have to tell students and clients, this is not about you, it's about the employer. So it's got to be written as a value proposition. I see that a lot. Another thing I hate to see is what I would call the universal cover letter. If mm-hmm. someone asks me, can you review my cover letter? My first question is, who are you writing it to? And, and what is it in reference to? Right. There is no such thing as a universal or generic cover letter. And employers can really sniff those out easily. So, yes, you can take a strong cover letter and adapt it to another job application, but there is no way that you can use the same one over and over again without it becoming generic. I mentioned earlier that there is a tendency to just repeat what's in the resume or summarize it without linking it thematically to things that are important to the employer. A lot of redundancy and extra extra wording. I spend a lot of time taking phrases and words out of cover letters that are completely unnecessary. And then the other fatal flaw, I would say, is not finishing strong. Not asking for the interview, not stating how you're going to follow up, because if you don't state that, it becomes very awkward two weeks out, and you feel a little uncomfortable following up with the employer, but if you have said something at the end of your letter, I will follow up with you in two weeks, then you've already put them on notice. Hey, I'm going to be calling you. Exactly right. And I'm glad that you brought up the targeted cover letter idea because I think that's a big thing, big flaw that we see. We absolutely want you to target the cover letter to who you're speaking to and make sure that you are including information that is relevant to them, skills and themes that are relevant to them, experience that they would want to see. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And then the wordiness thing makes me laugh because the amount of times that I've had to edit out, I would be able to, no, just go to the verb. I will deliver X or I will analyze. Just don't say I will be able to analyze. It's too wordy. Or I have been able to, in my previous internships, I have been able to show that I have developed the skill of. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of words. <laughs> That's a lot of words. We and can I tell, cut that down. And I tell students, this is very different writing than that English paper where you're trying to add fluff to get to the character amount that you're that you've been instructed to to have in that paper Mm -hmm. this is the opposite and what what is that my favorite quote if I'd had more time I would have written you a shorter letter absolutely yes yeah because you're editing it down to just the essentials Mm -hmm. and that's what business communication is I mean people are busy they don't have time to read a three-page manifesto of why you are a good fit this is one page so I think that has covered pretty much everything on cover letter tips and tricks 
Thank you all for joining us this week. And we are going to be looking at interviewing next week. So we're moving out of the branding theme into the interviewing theme. So Bridget has just wrapped up our cover letter tips and tricks in our branding theme episode. And we are looking forward to you all tuning in next week. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I'm curious, were there any valuable insights or lessons that you learned? One thing that could hugely help us out is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.